0: Today we celebrate Reformation Sunday. Reformation, uh, technically on the church calendar, falls on October 31st, uh, uh, what a lot of other people call Halloween, right? Since we don't have service on Thursday, we always move it to a Sunday uh, to celebrate it. But there is another set of readings then that are normally assigned for this Sunday, and I want to read you the gospel reading uh, for this Sunday as well. It's from Luke 18, beginning in verse 9. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Grace, mercy, and peace to you, from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It has been said that one of the greatest advancements in the field of education over the last several decades has been the growing understanding that students do not all learn the same way, that they can't all be taught perfectly using the same approach. Not every student can simply sit in a classroom and hear a lecture and be able to absorb all the material. Others do better by reading the material. Still others like to see it visualized in a chart or a graph. And still others learn best when they can simply get their hands on whatever it is that they are learning about. I'll leave it for those who argue about educational theories to decide if all of this understanding has overall been good for the students of our school. But I will say today this that it appears as if God wrote his holy scriptures with a very similar understanding. What I mean is that in the scriptures, God teaches his truths, but he does not reveal each truth that he reveals only in one way. No, the same truth is often taught in very different ways in very different parts of the scriptures. The truth can just be stated plainly in one part of the scriptures, and is explained through a parable in the next. It can be understood through the telling of a historical story, or it could be embedded into a piece of poetry. Yes, God used different writers in different situations with even different styles to craft his word into just what he wanted it to be. And therefore, the scriptures are filled with central truths that are explained in a variety of ways. Today, we celebrate Reformation Sunday. It's a day when we place red upon the altar in a season of green to capture our attention and to help us then place that attention on a time in history when God did a great work of restoring to his people the most comforting word that he speaks to his people, the message about Christ and the salvation that he wants. You see, about 500 years ago, the church had largely forgotten the message that was at the heart of its confession. It had begun preaching a different message. Instead of focusing largely on what Jesus had done for the salvation of humanity, it was much more focused on what man could do for God. For God was presented as one to be feared. One who was full of wrath and ready to pour out that wrath upon sinners. And so the people were taught that the only way to escape that wrath was to do good works. And that teaching had very practical consequences. For it was said in that day, if you were really serious about this, really serious about getting right with God, not only would you try to do a few good works, but you would actually leave ordinary life and enter into the monastery or become a nun in order that you could spend all your time doing good works. Yes, if you did that, perhaps then you could do enough to avoid God's wrath. And if you were not able or willing to take such a drastic step as upending your whole life, well, then the church offered another option. They said that you could actually buy your way into heaven. You could purchase what was called an indulgence, which would buy your way out of torment and into heaven with whatever money you had left. God at that time used a young man named Martin Luther, to restore to the church its chief teaching. He used this young man named Martin Luther as he studied the Bible and as he wrestled personally with his own status before God to bring back to the church its most precious teaching. That indeed, salvation from God's wrath would never come by doing good works. It would only come because of Jesus' work the work he did at the cross and the tomb. You see, Martin Luther was ever aware that if it was by works that he was never going to be able to stand before God, for he was aware that his works were not pure and holy and perfect, as God called for. The only refuge he finally found was in the understanding that he would not stand before God on the basis of what he had done, but that he would stand before God on the basis of what Jesus had done. He learned that his salvation, that that had been accomplished by Jesus. Yes, through that one man's struggle and the meditation that he was given time to place upon the word of God, God brought forth a reformation in his church. The people of God could once again rest knowing that Jesus had done everything necessary for their salvation. That his work had brought all things to completion. Today, we are gathered here to be reminded of that same message of the Reformation, for we wish for the church never, ever, ever to forget it again. Now, if you are the kind of person that likes to learn such truths in a rather straightforward way, you don't have to worry, you'll have your style today, or if you listen to the reading from St. Paul, he told you the message of the Reformation. He stated plainly, almost in an argumentative and persuasive fashion, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. As yes, Paul simply says clearly, that no one will stand before God by their, on account of their works by trying to earn their own salvation, because in the end, all fall short and cannot live up to God's standards. Therefore, Paul helps us to rejoice in the fact that justification is indeed given as a gift, not something to be earned, a gift given to us through the blood of Jesus. So Paul, he hands it to you straight and forward. But then, we get this message another way. In that reading that I read to you from the Gospel of Luke. Yes, if you would rather hear this truth in a story, in a historical account of something that happened, that's exactly what God delivers to you through the Gospel of Luke. There were told of these two people walking into the temple in Jesus' day. A Pharisee and a tax collector. One, the Pharisee, well, he comes and he is ready there to stand before God based on what he has done. He's there because he feels he's worthy of attention by others and even by God himself. He talks about the specific things he had done, the way he gave, the way he fasted, the way he prayed. Yes, he thinks that he had been made right before God by the things that he had done. The other man in the temple, though, simply did not have the luxury to buy such a deception. This tax collector's life was sinful, and there was no denying it. And so rather than trying to stand before God pridefully, in all humility, he simply beat his breast and cried out, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yes, Jesus tells us at the end of that account that only one of those men went home justified before God that day. Only one went home right with God. And it was not the one who had exceeded in good works, but the one who simply admitted his brokenness before God. This story makes the same point that Paul had made, though he does it in a much different, though it does it in a much different way. And blessedly today, God has given to us on this Reformation Sunday even a third way to understand this same Reformation message. Just a little bit before here, we saw Caleb brought to the baptismal font. And yes, it's quite clear, regardless of how sharp and cute and cuddly he looks today, that Caleb could not bring something to God today. No, he simply came forward to receive. He came as a beggar before God And yet, according to God's promise, we believe that he received everything. As he received the forgiveness of his sins, he received life and salvation, he received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We didn't do anything to earn it. It was simply given to him as a gift. And again, that's the message of the Reformation. That's the central teaching of our faith. So you've heard it or seen it three ways today. But do you believe it? Do you understand that you will never get right with God by what you do? No, not even if you gather into church every week and leave behind a huge offering in the plate only to go on your way home and stop by your favorite charity to give another contribution. You know why that will never work? Well, because you will fall short of the glory of God. You will never reach a standard of perfection If you don't understand that, well, then you are in a dangerous place indeed. Let the word of God search you out and reveal your sins in order that you might know that you can't stand before God based on what you have done. Yes, let the word of God reveal to you that it is by grace alone that you can be saved. For we all are tempted to believe that it must be by works. After all, that's how the whole rest of the world works, isn't it? You do something, and you are rewarded. You do something, and you receive the favor of others. You do something, and you get the things that you need for life. But not with God. No, with him, you simply approach him, beating your breast, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you are saved. Yes, for that is what you are, a sinner. And that is what you need to be saved. You come before Jesus not asking that he might give you what you deserve. God forbid that he give you what you deserve. Instead, you simply come asking for what you don't deserve. And here is the good news that comforts the conscience and brings joy into the life of the believer. Every time we go to God asking for this great gift, he gives it to you. He gives you what you don't deserve. You deserve wrath but he gives you forgiveness. You deserve to be separated from him, but he draws you near instead. You deserve death, but he gives you life. And all of this because of Jesus, only because of Jesus, through his death and resurrection alone. The one who humbles himself is exalted. In Jesus, always and forever. Amen.